What's going on, Seven Figures Nation? As always, our goal is to get you the tools, tactics, strategies, and the experts in your life so you can join the Seven Figures Club, build a seven figures business, and hopefully a seven figures net worth, which is just as important as a seven figures business. Today's guest is going to provide a unique perspective in terms of different real estate opportunities you've probably never even heard of and never even considered. Uh, we've got Logan Swanson on the show today, and he's got uh, an amazing bio. Here it is. From fine dining to the dirtiest form of real estate investing, Logan went from selling steaks to completing hundreds of vacant land real estate transactions. Vacant land, my friends. You probably have never even known that that was a vehicle for real estate investing. After a modest upbringing in rural Wisconsin, where he was a Green Bay Packers fan, of course, he moved to Dallas. Texas for college. He worked in restaurants and construction management for years. He had uh, children young and knew a restaurant career was not for a family man, not, not at all. And when he found land investing, he never looked back. Now Logan has businesses to leverage all aspects of land investing, flipping land, funding flips, marketing land, developing land, and entitling, entitling and developing land as a land developer. He has also provided coaching to dozens of other real estate investors that see the value under our feet. Logan, welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Howdy. Thank you for having me. So it's been uh, difficult for you and I to connect. Uh, I was having to reschedule. You were super sick or your family was sick. And uh, then I was at an event in Miami and they're like, oh, if you fly out today, it's going to mess everything up. You better stay an extra day and get funding for the clients at the event or it's a waste of everybody's time. So I was like, okay. But we made it. We got connected. And the first thing we love to do with these shows, Logan, is we want to learn more about our guest background and specifically what were some of the key events growing up in Wisconsin, going to school in, in Dallas that led you to say, you know, I think this entrepreneurship, this independent thing is the path for me. What were those key events that led you down that path? Uh, you know, there are some specific moments I can recall, but the sort of summary, I think, is, you know, when you grow, I grew up in a big family. Um, we were always not paycheck to paycheck. We're like a month behind, two months behind sort of family. Oh, wow. Um, you know, experienced a little bit of like, I mean, I remember there's a couple winters where we didn't have heat and in Wisconsin, that's a pretty serious that's issue, tough. you know? Wow. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not a victim in any way, but, you know, I, that really put a spark in me at a young age to be like, I am the only one responsible for ensuring I don't have my kids go through that same experience. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it was just really clear to me very young that working for someone else was not the path for me to provide security for myself and my family. And that's, you know, that's my chief objective on the day to day. And, uh, from years in restaurants and things like that. And then doing the paycheck to paycheck life myself, I was like, I have to find something different. Um, but yeah, from a young age, I've kind of always had that 
entrepreneurial spirit, my first business. Well, I guess I started like, you know, lawn services really young, like raking leaves, oh, yeah. mowing lawns, you know, to get money that way. Uh, when I was 14, you can get a work license in Wisconsin. So I had two jobs when I was 14. Nice. And um, one of them was in a nursing home. And there was all these folks with just boxes wow. of old photos and things like yeah. that. And I was like, man, I could digitize these things, you know? So I started a little kind of side hustle thing. I went and bought a printer where I'd scan it in and do a little bit of imaging and then burn them CDs, you know, back when you burn CDs. Um, and I'd sell those for like 10, 15 bucks. And um, that's cool. That's kind of like my my first little, you know, role starting a business sort of thing. And, it, you know, it honestly went really well. And then it was like seven years later that biz, there was like that business that came out that did the exact same thing just on a bigger scale. And I was like, God dang it. You know, I was 14 when I thought of that. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just kind of always lived in me. I've always had that hustle mentality. You know, I think for a lot of us, it it, it comes from, you know, it's a desire for more, but it's also kind of a fear of not enough. Um, and I think it started with a fear of not enough and now it's a desire for more. Yeah, absolutely. So key events. And, and I think a lot of people have that, right. They grew up and there were some tight times that you probably, you know, heard some of the old adages, money doesn't grow on trees and we can't afford that. And, and the more you, you hear that, the more I think, uh, you can react two ways. You can go down the, the victim path that you talked about, or you can say, Hey, I am the captain of my destiny. I'm going to make things happen. And I'm going to be the the one of my family that changes things, and it sounds like that's the path uh, that you went down. So, so you're you're doing these different uh, jobs, restaurants, uh, construction management. You're trying to where's the best opportunity? Probably during college and after college. And then, what was one of those uh, key events that happened where it's like, wait a second. You can actually do really well investing in land. And a lot of people, I mean, I've invested in a lot of rental properties. I've done fix and flips. You know, you're dealing, uh, I've got uh, Airbnb properties uh, around Disney World. And there's a lot of work. There's a lot of things to take. There's termites, toilets. There's always something. Good hell. I just had an air conditioning unit breakdown. That was $8,000. Thank you. So there's all these different complications, but what was the key event where you're like, wait, there's some massive opportunity here with land. And I bet most of the audience does has never even heard of this. Yeah. So my, uh, well, I'll start with the, there, there was kind of a reconditioning in my mind um, at, before I got into real estate. And that is, I was, I'd been a restaurant manager for a long time and it was just burning wow. me out. I never saw my kids. Um, so I, I went to a friend of mine, uh, who I esteemed kind of my best friend. And I was like, Hey, yeah. if I were to switch careers right now, like, what should I do? And he's like, I don't know what you should do, but you know, I have a really good friend who has a construction company and I would go work for him. And I said, all right. So I picked up and I went over to, um, his name's Brian, uh, Brian's office and talked to him a little bit. And he had a, uh, roofing and remodeling company. And um, it's kind of, the, I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but in Texas, it's the wild west with, with roofing and remodeling. And um, he pretty much hired me on and said, hey, it's commission only. Uh, you have no experience in construction, but go sell jobs, right? Um, so I went and did that. It was really, really tough. Um, did they provide leads or did you have to go out and just no. find leads? Yeah, door knocking. Yeah. You, okay. you showed up after a storm and you were in Texas summer, you know, 105 degree weather and jeans and a polo climbing roofs and trying to make deals and driveways. And um, 
Feels I wasn't great at it. <laughs> I wasn't great at it, honestly. Um, but uh, what did come from that is, you know, I got through a couple jobs and they paid commission once the job was finally all closed up. And I got my first $10,000 check after a few months. And uh, it that was something I just never really thought I would receive. You know, I'm used to making a couple thousand here, a couple thousand there. Even when I thought I had like a really good job as a GM of a restaurant. And when I had that $10,000 check, it just dawned on me like this world is not run on hourly wages. You know, it's run on deals. It's run on handshakes, agreements, um, providing value. And I had this kind of total phase shift. Um, so that's when I knew I needed to do something. And, you know, everything, everybody in my life was saying, you need to get into real estate, get into real estate. Um, but I didn't have m- money. I didn't have, you know, we were check, you know, check to check at this time um regularly behind sort of thing i was kind of living the nightmare of my i'd fallen into the path my parents were in bought a house too early bought expensive cars just did a bunch of stuff and um so when i came to like investing in real estate i had no idea where to start right i'm like okay yeah i'll just reach into my pocket and pull up you know 20 percent down on a house somewhere and um to make a couple hundred bucks a month it just didn't seem to make any sense to me to go get into single family homes um, I knew some friends who did wholesaling. I learned a little bit about that and it seemed viable, but just kind of over my head and I didn't have the time for it. Um, so I have a really vivid memory. I, w- I was showing up to work one day uh, at, at a restaurant. I was at the time I was doing construction management during the day and I was waiting tables at night at a, in a, in a oh, high end steakhouse. Part of the candle at both ends, as they say. Yeah. So I was doing like 60, 70 hour weeks <clears throat> and oh um, I was sitting in the uh, in my car before going in for my shift. And I was kind of like, um, just looking at, you know, you have those moments where you sit and you take it all in. You're like, geez, where am I in life? Who am I? You know? And I was sitting there looking in the mirror and I was like, I looked down at my clothes. I was wearing like, they looked nice clothes. You know, it's kind of like nice dress clothes, but it was covered in food stains and crap like that. And I was like, this is my life. You know, I'm like closing in on 30. What am I doing here? Um, and I was listening to a podcast and kind of that same moment, I heard someone mention investing in land for the first time. And they were like, yeah, you can buy land for a few hundred dollars and sell it for a few thousand dollars. Yep. And I was like, I can do that. That That is reasonable for me. That like clicks. It makes sense to me logically. Um, so long story short, I went to a family friend of mine who was kind of mentoring me a little bit at the time. And I said, hey, I have this idea. I'm going to go invest in land. And he's like, no, I've done that before. You don't make money. You know, you buy, it barely goes up in value. You sell it, you kind of lose money. And I was like, no, this is different. Um, So I talked him into it over a couple Caesar salads at his restaurant. And uh, he said, okay, what do you need to get started? And I was like, look, all I need to get started is $2,000. He's like, all right. So he wrote me a zero interest loan for one year and handed me a $2,000 check. And, um, that's what I needed. You know, I took that. I got, I did pay one of these gurus to give me kind of a primer on, on how to get started and uh, sure. made all the same mistakes. Most people do. I didn't really take action. I started just learning a bunch of stuff and not doing anything, but eventually I did it. I went and bought a few, we, they call them desert squares in our industry. Um, just five acre lots in the middle of nowhere, West Texas. I bought them for a few hundred bucks each. And um, I sold them for a few thousand dollars each and it happened. It, it happened very easily, surprisingly quickly. Um, and I was, I was hooked. I was like, I see potential everywhere now. Um, you know, kind of the blinders were off and then it was more just 
how do you grow it? Right. How do you do more of it? And that's what I got focused on for the next few years. Wow. Outstanding. So at that and I think that's important. There's, there are these key moments in our lives where we ask the right questions. And the problem that most people have, they don't reach out. And there's so many opportunities with podcasts, with YouTube channels for you to be able to learn for free and get your paradigm shift where, oh my goodness, your eyes get open. There's this opportunity in land investing that I didn't even know about. And so there you are working 70, 80 hours a week, doing restaurants at night, construction management during the day, trying to take care of your family and kids. And you get this, and now you start seeing some success. And then what was the process of then kind of taking that next step and scaling up from, okay, um, you know, we, we, we bought some land, we flipped it. What's the next level of that? Yeah. Or is so it just more deals? It's, it's a process, right? So, um, it was it was tough to grow at first because my wife, my wife and business partner, you know, she was fully employed. She was working at a printing company, overemployed. Yeah. You know, she, they had downsized positions. She was effectively doing yeah. three jobs, um, and so I was like, "Hey, this is what we have to do. We have to go find lists of people who own property and start sending mail." So she started scraping data in the mornings to start putting together lists before she went to work, and I was handling all the phone calls on the other end, and it just was not feasible to really grow much at that time. Um, you know, like I was, I would be at, at the restaurant waiting on a table, you know, I'd have five people in front of me, I'd be halfway through taking their order and I'd feel my phone vibrating and I just walk away, go into the bathroom. It'd be somebody trying to sell land or buy land. I do, I try to do a real estate deal in the bathroom and then, and then run back to the table. And, and the manager's and, ready to fire you. Yeah. There, <laughs> there was some, <laughs> I remember moments. I did that once. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, the first thing you run into is, is a money, you know, you always end up hitting a money wall effectively. Yes. So, um, yes, you can turn a few hundred dollars into a few thousand dollars, um, pretty simply, or at least you could then it's, you know, it's getting harder now, but you could then pretty easily. Um, so then we just ran into like, well, what do we do? Cause we didn't start with much money. I can't go buy $50,000 in inventory and turn that into a hundred thousand dollars. This will take forever if we're going at this rate. So. Um, I went and started trying to piece together deals with money partners. Um, you know, I engaged in some revenue shares and profit shares that were really not to my benefit because it was a source of capital and I'd never made a decision like that before. Um, so I really just went and started seeking money, you know, and some people took gambles on me and they got really well compensated because we did really well with it. Um, and then we just got to a point where we were able to start self-funding deals, um, and then as our success grew, uh, we just, that was the first deal. How do you get money? And then it's like, how do you juggle all these deals? So then it was system development, softwares, and it just kept spreading from there. And it was like either putting out fires or knowing myself going to make new fires that I have to put out later. There's a lot of that. Right. So with land investing, the you, you talked about it. You're basically buying low, selling higher. Is 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 that the best way to do it? Were you just finding a deal of, of land that's undervalued that you can get for an affordable rate? And how do you know that it's going to actually be worth more? And how do you know if it, there's a good investment, if it's this is a good deal? Yeah, it's a lot. It's actually, I think I can finally say I'm an expert on it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, the best way to do it is buy a discounted asset. Um, okay. why would someone sell you a discounted asset? Well, a lot of, reasons. we, 
Yeah, a lot of reasons. But for land specifically, the, the chief reason is it's an inefficient market, right? So yes. say you had a $20,000 piece of land to sell and you went to a broker or an agent and you're like, hey, I want to sell this land. Uh, if it's a good agent, they're not going to want to touch, you know, they're going to be like, well, it's my commission on that. A few hundred bucks like that barely covers my time to do the contracts and yeah. put it on MLS and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and then they're not going to actually actively market it. They're just going to. No. Right. Um, so that's one avenue. One, we buy land that just it does not sell easily in the traditional uh, real estate world. Yeah. Um, so I can go to that same buyer who's maybe tried to list and sell this property in the past and say, Hey, I'll give you $5,000. We'll close in a week. Um, okay, whatever. You know, that's the best way. Um, the other thing is where we've become very successful is complicated title issues. Okay. So land, the primary vehicle for land moving from one person to another that is not selling is just transfer of ownership via inheritance. Um, yes. Most people do not do anything to get that process done well. You know, they might think they wrote a will and that's it. Well, the will got, never got probated or um, whatever else. So there's a lot of land all over the country with very hazy ownership around it. Yeah. Um, so it's not uncommon for someone to have a $100,000 property that they tried to sell in the past. Um, and when the title research came back, they were like, oh, there's three dead people on title. There's a missing instrument here. The deed, you know, it wasn't properly recorded there, whatever else. Um and the buyer backs out. So we've had a lot of success just coming in and saying, Hey, I know how to clean up really messy title. Um, yes. We've done some pretty wild transactions. Other friends kind of in our network have done really wild transactions where they're getting six, seven, eight people signing off on it, filing instruments in different States just to get that discounted asset. Um, and I really like that because you're providing value. You know, I, I kind of, at times I felt sleazy just buying things cheap because I could and then hiding that I knew the retail value. So now we kind of pride ourselves on what transactions we can do that are really actually helping the person we're buying the land from and still fitting into our model. And that's one of the best ways. Yeah, I, I love that. That is that is a powerful way to do it. And, and you're absolutely right. There are so many different people across the country that inherit some land when a parent or a relative dies and it comes to them and there's real work that has to be done and also money. Like you literally have to maybe pay an attorney to fix this mess here. And then there's also the property taxes, like they're just paying property taxes year after year and people just don't want to do that. They just want to, just want to get the money and unload and, and move on with their lives a lot of the times. And so Interestingly enough, uh, it was, I think it was actually in, in 2021, like towards the end of the year, uh, I'd had a friend who had talked about land investing. And so same thing, got this, this little course, went through it. We sent out some mailers. I hired someone to make the phone calls with him, kind of partner up with me on it. And, uh, and so we made an offer to this lady and I want to say it ended up being like uh, $13,000, $14,000. And you're right. Like it helps to have some money available, at least some starter money. And, and we, you know, we, we run a business funding company, so we help people get creative financing. And so we we were able to do that. And so we got under contract to buy this land. We're, gonna, we're going to close on it. And we actually close on it. And then it doesn't close. 
because of what you're saying. There's a messy title and then, oh, it has to go through probate. And so literally, and, and she didn't have the money to do this. So we're literally spending thousands of dollars with this attorney. By the time all is said and done, our $14,000 purchase goes up to 21. But according to our math, it looked really likely that we could sell for 50. And so there we are. And then we reached out to a real estate agent. And instead of the customary, you know, three, six percent commission, we're like, hey, we're we're happy to pay you, you know, five, six thousand dollars to make sure that this gets sold. And she dug into it and she's like, well, you know what? I think I can sell it for a hundred thousand because of where it's located on this major road. We're like, oh, cool. And so we literally just got lucky. We would have been way better off working with someone like you who was an expert to do it the right way. But anyway, we, we got uh, super fortunate and uh, she listed at 105. We get it under contract and then the people fail to close. So they don't close. Oh, we're all bummed. And then literally like two weeks later, she gets it on, under contract for 120. They're like, no way. And so right before Christmas last year, and so it took a full year, but I didn't spend that much time on. I just kind of brought in a partner yeah. who did the work, gave him 25%. And so this property that we ended up, I think by the time mail costs and I upfronted a little bit of money, I was into it like 30,000 and we sold this land for $120,000, like literally like one of those ridiculous, like real estate commercials that you're like, bullshit, that didn't really happen. And it really happened. And we were just lucky, but just a great example of working with someone like you, you can find those deals. It just takes a little bit of work and effort. And I'm sure you have all these methods and it's a great business. And most people don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, the other side of that coin is the retail valuation that you're asking about. That's not easy. Um, you know, For my funding company right now, we have people that are bringing us deals all over the country. You know, we get one, two, three a day. Um, so I've really learned to pull up a map, go look at an area I've never heard of before. And usually within 10 minutes, get a pretty strong understanding of, how many transactions are happening there, yeah. what type of properties are selling, what are sitting and get to that valuation as quickly as possible. And then taking a conserv really conservative lens on it. Um, and it's not easy. It's, it's just, it, it takes a lot of doing it uh, to really come up to, you know, the point where you can do it quickly. Um, but the best way to do it is to not be everywhere. You know, no, most people don't need to do what I do. Most people don't need to be able to find the valuation of a land in, in some random place within, you know, 20 minutes and push it through the funnel. Um, most people have to get very familiar with one area. You know, I have a friend of mine who's a land investor local to me here in Dallas, and he's effectively been working in the same two or three counties. And I think two are in Texas and one's in New Mexico for the last eight years, just going back to the well. He knows Mark. exactly what to buy for, exactly yep. what to sell for. He always has the buyer's list ready. He knows everything. So he's become an expert in a very small area. Um, I mean, it, it's big in terms of, but it's very small in terms of how varied things are. Uh, and he's killing it. You know, he's probably got, uh, last time I checked with him, he had hundreds of notes in his portfolio because he owner finances most of his properties. And I'm sure it's just gone up from there. So. Tell us, and I and I know a little bit about that, and it's super powerful. This is where you can generate massive passive income in land investing. Explain how that can work. Yeah, so it's another benefit, right? When you're in an inefficient system. So uh, same way we talked about earlier, if I, if I went and approached a realtor with my $20,000 property and said, hey, sell this for me, a lot of them would be like, no, thank you. 
um, or they would do a terrible job of it. Well, it's the same thing if you go to a bank and you're like, hey, I want this $20,000 property. Will you loan me that money? And the bank's just like, no, absolutely not. I will not do that for you. Um, There are a few instruments where you can kind of make it work, but they're they're not conventional. They're not easy. And most people aren't going to know how to how to do it. Most banks don't want to mess with it. So um, the way around that is you become the bank, right? So if you're buying, we'll just use that same $20,000 property. Um, actually, I'll, I'll make it more. So I'll use a real property that we did. So we, okay. uh, it's a relatively small town in Texas. I like buying infill lots, just properties that haven't been developed kind of near the yes. city center in those areas. Smart. So smart. Yeah. So um, we found this property is actually two properties next to each other, or technically four lots all next to each other. Um, they were kind of ugly. It had a burned down house on it. And I was just like, yeah, I don't really want it. So I'll just lowball them. I thought it was maybe worth $25 to $30,000 retail, but there's the house you have to take into account. And so I was like, all right, I'll offer you $2,000. So after $2,000, they accepted it. Uh, we self-closed. We didn't even go through the title company. And, we and was that four lots search. or just one? Four lots. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so we have $500 a lot. <clears throat> and one of them had a burnt down house on it. So um, most people would have passed on it. For me, 2000, I, I call them my scratch offs. Like if something's really stinky, I'll still buy it. I just spend less, you know? Uh, so I did, all right, let's do a scratch off. That's why I told my acquisition manager. She's like, all right, what do you want? I was like $2,000. Well, we self-closed and we end up being kind of all in around $3,000 on this property. Um, and I didn't want to sell them individually. I could have, I probably could have made more money that way. But I was like, one of them's got a burnt down house on it. I don't want to demo the house. So I'm just going to put it all together. And $3,000 down is what I'll charge. And that way, somebody makes a down payment to me, and then I can write a note on top of that with interest and become yes. a bank. Yes. So when that $3,000 is paid, I'm nothing but profit for the next two, three, yes, I forget how long are. the note was. Um, so I, I looked at it again. I was like, okay, it's probably worth $25,000 cash. I bet I could probably get someone to finance it for around $30,000, $35,000. So um, I did real quick. Our, still our most successful marketing channel is just Facebook Marketplace. So I go on Facebook Marketplace. I free imagery. I didn't send anyone to the property to take photos. I just go on the CAD map, take a few uh, screenshots of that, put it up in the listing. And I started high. I said, okay, I'll say $5,000 down and then a $30,000 note over five years with 10% interest. Uh, Posted up there within three days, somebody had contacted me and said, Hey, I have been looking at these lots for the last 10 years, trying to find out who owns them and find out how to buy them. I will take this today. Uh, No negotiation, no argument wrote up a contract for deed, closed with him, you know, within a day, he, you know, he sent us $5,000. Now he pays us 500 bucks, 550 bucks a month for the next three, four years. I can't remember four years, something like that. I don't, I don't know the math on it. Um, but all the money's out. We have a big note in our portfolio and that covers, you know, one of our car payments every month. So it's, it's, those are the sweetheart deals that I consistently go back to. I kind of loved, I like big deals, but God, there's something so satisfying about those little deals, you know, sub $30,000 properties that you can put on a note and just cash flow. That's awesome. So, I mean, literally just a simple deal. You put three into it, you got five back, $2,000 profit. And now you're making an extra $6,000 a year in passive income. And what everybody doesn't know is Oh, what if he stops making payments? Cool. You foreclose on him. You take it back. You do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, um, we actually had one that just came up recently. So we bought a property. Uh, <clears throat> there's always 
big land subdivisions around uh, lakes in Texas. So oh, yeah. you pick any lake lakes in Texas, awesome. throw a dart at it, and you can do deals there. Um, so I think a little over two years ago, we bought a one-acre lot, unrestricted. It's not on the lake. It's off the lake, but very close to the lake. Uh, same sort of thing. I think we bought it for 1500 bucks or $2,000. And um, after purchasing it, we had it on a note within a couple of weeks. I, you know, it sold almost instantly. Uh, they paid, I think, two or $3,000 down, kind of the same setup. We got our cash out of the deal and they paid us for two years on this property. And uh, they, de- they defaulted last month. Uh, so it came back up. It's like, it, we just, it's in our system. It comes back up for market again. So I was like, oh, cool. Yep. This is a pretty little lot. And this was two years ago. So I was less knowledgeable about property then. I was like, man, I should really dig back into the comps here and see if this thing. Yeah. Well, what do we value. got here? Yeah. So I go, I check out the comps and I'm like, wow, I really think this thing's worth more like $30,000, $35,000 on a note. And it's actually, I sold it as one acre, a single lot before, but it's actually two lots. So I could even break those up and make two $20,000 notes with a few thousand dollars down. Um, so listed it and there's immediate activity. You know, I have people wanting to put $5,000 down for the whole thing. I have people wanting to put $3,000 down for each individual lot. And I have a guy right now nurturing uh, who made me a $25,000 cash price uh, offer. So it's just like overnight, we've already made profit. We'd already been paid on it for two years. And now it's just like I woke up and found $25,000. It's it's pretty wild how that sort of comes back up. Um, but we've had properties we've sold five, six times, you know, we'll collect a down payment. They'll make a couple months payments and then just disappear. Wow. That is incredible. And again, just, just following law, you, people make a deal, they break the deal and, and that's how it works, but amazing. And then the great thing about land is the longer you hold on to it, they're not making any more land said Mark Twain. And so the value just keeps on going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's appreciation. And then, you know, my favorite part of it, the further we've developed kind of our skill set around this is you start seeing every piece of property as instead of just a piece of land, you see it as what's the opportunity for this property. Um, And that's where you can get into really cool forced appreciation strategies around developing the properties, subdividing them, rezoning them, whatever, all sorts of different ways that you can take a piece of land and search for its best and highest use and then compare that to potential profit versus investment and really determine like what is the optimal strategy for yes. uh, improving and disposing of this property. Exactly right. So at this point, Logan, I'm guessing a lot of the audience's mind has been blown, has been opened up. Maybe a paradigm shift has occurred and they're thinking, so how can I take advantage of this? And, you know, they, they're probably like, oh, interest rates are so high you know, that rental property they were looking at, apartments, maybe not looking quite so attractive uh, right now. And they're seeing this as a real opportunity. What's the next step they can take? Is there some sort of program that you offer? Is there some sort of way they can reach out to you and be able to learn more and, and get involved? And and I think you made a huge point. Instead of trying to, oh, I'm looking everywhere all over the country. No, the riches are in the niches. Focus on two or three areas that you can become an expert at, maybe close by your house, and get to know and become an expert in those areas or around those recreational areas like lakes that you talked about. And you can do very well and if they could partner up with someone like you, imagine how incredibly opportunistic that could be. But what's the next step that they could take today um, to start uh, looking at this as an opportunity? And it's going to be a great opportunity for the next decade. Well, 
<clears throat> there's a couple ways to address that. So one, flipping land, which is where I started, has, like everything else, gotten more competitive and whatnot. So it is still a very viable and profitable business, and I would not want to scare anyone away from attempting it. Um, I Like I was saying before, I don't have a course. I don't have anything I sell around it. Um, in fact, there is now so much free information. I am 100% confident that a motivated individual could go to YouTube or Facebook and find any number of um, free courses or educational things to at least get started and see if it's something that you actually like doing. Um, now, that being said, I'm here not only to talk about flipping, but just to be as an, an advocate of the industry as a whole. Right yeah. now, I think you mentioned it earlier, there's just not a lot of investment vehicles that make sense um, in our current climate. I mean, there's not the stock market, crypto. There's it's not. like you sit and you talk to people and it, at least in a lot of my conversations, it's a lot of this is how I got burned, you know, or this is where I thought I was yeah. going to make this and I made this or yeah. whatever else. Yeah. So if you start like me and you're broke, I would flip. I mean, you're not going to lose money doing it. Maybe if like worst case scenario, if you can't bet a few thousand dollars on yourself to see if it makes sense, you're probably just not listening to the right podcast. Right. Um, but there are a ton of like retail ways, low effort ways that you can step in and make money using this platform of already existing land investors. So I'll just breeze past a couple of them. One, you can go buy wholesale land. Like most land investors are trying oh, yeah. to sell below market anyways. So I try to buy land around 30, 40 cents on the dollar. Um, if something just comes into my inventory and somebody calls me and says, Hey, I'll buy it for 65 cents on the dollar sold. You, you know, I'm always going to take the best quick offer. So if you have money, right. And one, you want to land bank, say you have money and you just want to park it in something with low holding costs that appreciate steadily. Oh, There's a ton yeah. of places to go to do that, but feel free to talk to me. I think I know most of the big hitters in this space. And I can connect you with people who wouldn't just sell you a property. They'd sell you a portfolio of properties, entire developments, all sorts of stuff where you can come in, park a sizable amount of money um, and let it appreciate. Or that could go on and on with that. But retail is huge. I have a website called primelandexchange.com. If you wanted to check that out, oh, that's nice. where I list my properties. And I also list a bunch of properties for other land investors. Um, trying to seek this audience of retail investors who are ready to just park their money in a very safe instrument. Um, another option, and this like talk about niching down and getting really geeky. You know, we were talking about those loan portfolios before. I have a big loan portfolio um, or note po portfolio, but there's a lot of money to be made in just buying pre existing notes. Uh, you can go to somebody right now who has, say, a $100,000 note. Uh, they've collected 20% down. They've done their due diligence. They've verified that it's a good uh, buyer. You know, they, they've done credit checks, whatever else. Um, and you can go buy that note from them at a discount. So you could buy it for, say, 75, 80 cents on the dollar and arbitrage the profit on that note, but also the interest on that note for years to come and take ownership of the property. So if they default, you also have that note backed by the property itself. Um, the reason I'm kind of advocating that is it's like a huge value that nobody, I think there might be in the U S 30 people that know how to do it well. Um, and because of that, there is not a lot of people being competitive 
So somebody with a fair bit of money could come in and make a ton of money doing that. Um, and if you go, I have another website I put together kind of just for when I'm on shows like this, it's called the landfixer.com. And I've broken out six different strategies for how you can invest in land from um, buying land retail and creating a portfolio of land, buying land notes and creating a portfolio of land notes, uh, flipping. It's still an opportunity. If you really need someone to help you through it, I do offer coaching around that. Um, only one is one, only one-on-one. -on -one. It's not like a program. It's like I work with you to make it happen and show you nice. how to do it. Um, you can also develop land, right? So in subdividing any number of force appreciation strategies. Um, and I bet there's probably one or two people that'll hear this that already have land that they own. Maybe they inherited it or whatever else. And they've thought about selling it in the past, but aren't sure if they're going to know what the value of it is or... Um, maybe they do think there's opportunity for development or subdivision and they just don't know how to do it. I regularly partner with landowners um, and do that for you. Um, so I'll take your property, you own it. And I will say, this is the best and highest use for it. This is how we say subdivide it, run a road through it. Um, and when I bring it to market, instead of paying you hundred percent of retail, I'll pay you 120%. So you'll actually get an above retail rate and I'll do all the work for you. Um, to subdivide and sell your property. Wow. Yep. All right, everybody. This is not a passive podcast. This is for action takers, people who want to join the Seven Figures Club and create actual financial freedom for you and your family. And so the website address was primelandexchange.com. It's a great place uh, to start out. There's a lot of different uh, content and solutions and tools to be found and most importantly listings and you can start to get familiar with this process and obviously the fact that logan makes himself available to assist and to help you and to even joint venture deals with you is something that most land investors will not do because like he said there's only a a select group that are doing this and doing this well and i always say in life there's two ways you can go through the school of hard knocks or you can Find someone who's already gone down the path you want to go down, has a roadmap for success, and say, Logan, can you give me some directions? And that's exactly what he can do. So make sure you guys uh, check out that website. And then remind me, Logan, was there another website that they should yeah. also look at? There was another one, I think. Yeah. So if you're looking at more of a retail strategy towards yes. investing in this asset, yes. go to thelandfixer.com. Ooh, thelandfixer.com. I am going there now, thelandfixer.com. There it is. Even more tools, concepts, and things uh, to help you. So that's thelandfixer.com. And uh, go ahead and check that out. And uh, boy, Logan, it's been uh, amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, for dropping so many value bombs on the audience. Uh, what's what's your final thought about really why this should be something that everybody, I mean, everybody's saving money towards a retirement and a retirement, you know, if you're doing the old 401k and you're hoping that works out for you, good luck. Uh, help people understand with just one final thought why this really needs to be included in their portfolio if they really want uh, a chance to retire someday and have some independence. Yeah, so I just came up with this now. So you said money doesn't grow on trees earlier. Trees grow on money. Dirt is the money. 
Um, if you start having a phase shift around the value of land, everywhere you go, all you're going to see is dollar signs on anything that's undeveloped. Absolutely. In fact, there's even uh, there's a song that came out was a couple of years ago. Buy land. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Buy land, guys. All right. Thanks for being uh, on the show, Logan. Amazing stuff, everybody. Take action. Go check out those websites. Re-listen to this. Reach out to Logan if you have any questions. And we'll see you next time on the Seven Figures Club podcast. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.